0: Welcome into the Jaguars broadcast weekend review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. J.P. Shadrick with you on Friday, November 19th. We have the best of the week around Jags broadcasting and jaguars.com. We're headed into week 11. The Jaguars host the San Francisco 49ers at TIAA Bank Field. We'll hear from head coach Urban Meyer on the Jags wide receiver core. Pete Prisco and Tony Baselli on how to improve the wide receivers in the offseason. And Bucky Brooks on the pocket presence of Trevor Lawrence. Remember to subscribe to the Jaguars' official podcast network on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download your pods. Leave us a comment and a five-star rating. Let's get into it this week with head coach Urban Meyer in Wednesday's press conference looking for more out of
1: the Jags' wide receivers. So we're just kind of trying to find the right mix out there. DJ Chark obviously was something we counted on with his speed and size, and then we, you know, continued to search. And, you know, Marvin Jones has been pretty consistent. LaVisca, we've been moving inside and outside, you know, and I think we're going to settle him down at one position. Agnew was a guy that we really didn't count on. He turned out to be provide a spark for us. He's fast, he's tough, takes care of the ball. That's one of the areas that we're trying to figure out.
0: Back to Monday and plenty of questions about the receivers and the offensive production leading into Jaguars happy hour Monday afternoon. Pete Prisco, Tony Baselli, and I dug into the social media mailbag. At Zach Bierman, what percentage of Trevor's struggles to this point are on him and what percentage is on the wide receivers and offensive coordinator?
2: I think it's 43.7643 on him and... I can't but, wait to hear the other number. Yeah, I can't no, wait to hear the other percentage. Right, number. I can't wait. 50, Fifty-three point uh, uh, two three six four five on uh, Daryl level
0: That doesn't add up.
3: No, it doesn't. But what did you? So you you put it on the receivers, <laughs> or on on him and the and the, what do you put it on?
2: So uh, let me. I'll give you a right. Here's the answer. I put on. I put uh, 10% on the offensive line. I put 15% on the quarterbacks. I mean, on the, uh, on the uh, tight ends, I put, um, I put 25, uh, I put 5% on the running back. I put 20% on the quarterback and I put 25% on the receivers and 25% on the coach. I hundred percent people added up.
3: All right, I'd put more on the wide receivers. I'd put more on the coach. I'd probably go 30 and 30 for the – I'd probably go 35 and 25 because I think the receivers are the main problem. Uh, And then offensive line probably 10, like you said. Tight ends, I mean, yeah, I guess recently though it's hard to put it on Arnold. Right, he's playing fine. He's been good. So I'd probably go 5% on them. And then the staff for who they hired <laughs> put the rest on, <laughs> on the head coach. I mean, it's, a bad, it's a, it's a, a bad offense. offense. It's a bad offense. It's a bad offense. It, and, and I will say this. I think there will be major changes to the offense after the season. Major. How? Nobody's told me that. Huh? Like how? New, new, new offense, new coordinator, a whole new thing.
2: He thinks there'll be changes at the coaching levels. What are you saying,
0: JP? I've I heard that. Yes. Uh,
2: and draft a wide receiver.
0: And sign one
3: in free agency. No, there isn't anything in free agency worth the damn. Still got to sign. You're not it. getting Devontae Adams. All right, draft would you two. Trade two
2: first rounders for Devontae Adams?
3: No. Would you?
2: I would. Yeah.
3: No. Wow. Why, Pete? Two. I might trade one and something else.
2: Okay, let me ask you a question. Would you trade your first and second rounder, both are going to be top ten in the in the round next year, to the Packers for Devontae Adams?
3: Is he also going to morph into a guy who can rush the pass or two?
2: No, I'm just asking you the question, Pete. No, I would rounder. not.
3: I I would. Because you you're going you to have to pay him the highest, make him the highest paid receiver in the league too.
2: Fine. You immediately.
3: Yeah, you know he, what? He's you know he's what? Young. He's not young.
2: Well, he, how old is he? 26, 27?
3: I think he's older than that. He's older than that. No.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah, he is. 27? He's twenty eight. Yeah. He's twenty Twenty eight,
2: twenty nine.
3: He'll be twenty nine in December.
2: Okay, he has a good five years left in him.
3: JP, would you do that? One first or would round you draft, pick or
0: two?
2: Or would you draft?
3: Would you draft it? Would you rather have Devonte Adams? or draft a guy like Garrett Wilson in the first round and come back and get another one in the second round?
0: I'll tell you what, Garrett Wilson Garrett looked Wilson. pretty damn good who's last Garrett Saturday. Wilson? From from Ohio State. Ohio State kid number five.
2: So would you take Garrett? Okay, who's going to be better for the next three years, Garrett Wilson or Devontae Adams?
3: Devontae Adams, but you also don't have anybody else. If you get another one in the second round, you get two. So you They need more receivers? than one. They
2: need more than one. They need three. So first three picks
0: in the draft oh. are receivers? <laughs> oh. Two <laughs> are from uh, Ohio State, one's from Alabama. They're all former Ohio State guys. Why not? Bring them all which in.
3: Al- which Alabama kid would you take? Would you take one?
0: Jameson Williams. Spenburner, that's who I would take. Deep ball guy. Went to Ohio Don't State. Won. Yeah, absolutely.
2: I'll say this. I didn't. I probably wouldn't make the trade. I didn't know Devontae Adams was 29 next year. For some reason. I'm oh, not next year. He's going to be 29 next
3: month. Well,
2: that's what I mean. I didn't. Next season he'll be 29 yeah. years old. Yeah, I didn't. I wouldn't make that trade. That's old. That's getting up there. Hmm. So I would. Uh, yeah, you draft a wide receiver though. Who's the best young wide receiver? What do you draft? mean? Like Jamar Justin Chase? Jefferson or Jamar Chase? Yes. Would, oh. Would you okay? Would you call? Would you call Minnesota and say we'll give you a first and a second for uh, Justin Jefferson?
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't. They wouldn't but, do it, would they? They wouldn't do it. No, of course not.
2: You give two first rounders for Justin Jefferson?
0: I think
3: about it. Tech quarterback needs wow. that. Wow.
2: By, By the point, way, you know, it, used to, it used to be you didn't need well, you
3: didn't need that guy. You need that guy now.
2: Because here's the thing, Pete. Let me ask you a question. Who won the uh, Jalen Ramsey trade?
3: Uh, the Rams did.
2: Yeah. We got the two players we got were C.J. Henderson, and um, it was ETN. Oh, yeah, E-T-N. so ETN and Chase yeah, on.
3: Yeah. ETN and Chase on. Who won? The Rams did. Who Would you go sign Chris Godwin?
2: Is Chris Godwin a number one,
3: Pete? That's a good question. That's what I mean. He's going to be here, – here's who the receiver is going to be on the market. Devontae Adams, if you could yeah. get him as a free agent, but he won't come here. You get no. Allen Robinson, no. Yeah. Chris Godwin. How fast will,
2: is Chris Godwin?
3: He's not a burner.
2: He's pretty good, though. He is pretty good. And how much you pay him? How much they get some speed.
3: They can bring back – here, they can really upgrade the receiving core. They can bring back Allen Robinson and Keelan Cole.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh
2: my God. <laughs> <laughs> kidding me? They're both my unrestricted. Brain. Uh, a homecoming. My brain, my brain hurts, dude. Right? <laughs> a homecoming. I would take a long look at Chris Godwin. How about this? How about going get a young guy in the first round and Chris Godwin – because everything I hear about Chris Godwin is he's a pro.
3: He's a great kid. He's a great kid.
2: So, so you, get God,
3: you, you get Godwin and you draft Garrett Wilson. All of a sudden your receivers are – because anybody – then you can fit the third one in whoever it is. That's
2: right. Keenan Cole is your third.
3: Will DJ Chark come back on a one-year deal?
2: Might have not a choice, Pete.
0: Yeah, I mean, anywhere well, is there going to you go. Too, right? There you go. Bring him mm-hmm. back. Oh, let's move along. Oh, by the maybe way, maybe they have
2: a I- cornerback they can
3: convert to wide receiver.
0: To Jaguars Happy Hour Radio Monday airs 4 to 6 p.m. on 1010XL AM in Jacksonville and on Jaguars' social media channels. On to Wednesday and huddle up with Bucky Brooks. Trevor Lawrence's numbers have declined over the last few weeks, and Bucky, John Ogier, and I got into a conversation about Lawrence's pocket presence. Let's hear from the quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, speaking with the media today. John Ogier had the question about his pocket presence and if he's still working on it.
4: I've always had a pretty good feel for the pocket and moving. I think the difference in college and now the NFL is, you know, when you feel color or you feel someone getting off a block or whatever and you move, I've always been good at that. It's just not moving too much, though. You know, in the NFL, you can only move a yard or so, and then you're going to move into more trouble if you move further than that. So that's one thing that just smaller movements. You watch someone like Tom Brady just can sit in the pocket and move six inches each direction and buy himself a couple of extra seconds like that's something that him and Aaron Rodgers and all these guys that have been playing for a long time do a really good job of and that's just through experience and playing and getting a feel for it and really trusting it and um, I feel like I've gotten better but there's always more
0: work to do there always room to improve Trevor last week 16 of 35 162 yards 59 and a half rating and you see his numbers for the year just under 2,000 yards uh, John you asked him the question And uh, that's a very thoughtful answer from a quarterback in his first season. Well,
5: I just asked because I thought he was off the charts good at this early. And I'm glad we used this because I do want to hear Bucky's thoughts on it. Um, I thought he was off the charts good, awareness, getting away from pressure early in the season. It seems like in the last couple of weeks, maybe he has – felt the pressure a little more. I'm not saying he's bad in this area. I just I think, I think he's really good. And I don't think you lose it in a couple of games. But, Bucky, are you seeing anything concerning in the pocket? Where do you think he is on this? And, uh, you know, what are your thoughts on that, uh, watching him? Because I know you watch that closely every week with him.
6: Yeah, no, John, I, I think you pointed to something. He is a little jittery in the pocket. But some of that is because he's waiting for his guys on the outside to win. In a league that is really predicated on timing and rhythm, particularly from the quarterback, when your guys don't uncover quickly and you've been hit a few times, it does make you change and move around and hope and pat the football and wait for your guy to get open. And so um, I feel like with Trevor Lawrence, like we really won't know what he is going forward until he has more around him, not only the offensive line, but the playmakers. Because what he needs and what I would love to see I would love to see him take a snap, drop back, hit the fifth step, let the ball go on time, and guess what? The wide receiver is open. It is rare that we're seeing those simple things kind of play out. And so because of that, that's why this passing game has been grounded. They have to find a way to make it very easy for him. And the way they can make it easier for him is making the game easier for the wide receivers to uncover, get open quickly so he can deliver the ball on time. And not have to worry about all the chaos around him within the pocket.
5: Yeah, Bucky, you touched on something I've said a couple of times this week. Um, I'm not saying that Trevor hasn't had some bad plays in the last couple of weeks. You know, I went back and watched the game. He, he threw 35 times, counted five or six balls that I thought, okay, they accurate off a little bit on that. But what you never see, and maybe this came into light because I'm watching the Colts the other day, Pittman. Two or three times in that game wide open on crossing routes where easy throw and it's a 15 yard gain. I haven't seen that for this offense at all this season. And I guess my point with Trevor to the people who are criticizing him this week, as a rookie, if you throw 35 times, I'm not sure you're not going to expect six or seven balls that aren't quite where they want to be, especially if the wide receivers aren't winning. But the drops and the lack of anything easy, it feels like there ought to be eight more completions in there somewhere between something ought to be breaking easier than this and they ought to be catching the ball a little better it, everybody wants to turn this conversation on Trevor into this or that it's either one or the other it's somewhere in between but i think those points i make bucky i it, i think they're valid cuz i'm making them but <laughs> what you know your thoughts on that
6: there's a lot of validity to it Uh, It's a lot of validity to being able to look at the game. And a lot of times when I'm looking at Trevor, I just throw the numbers to the side because I don't think it's a really fair way to evaluate him based on the numbers. What he's playing with, what he's being tasked with is uncommon for what uh, a rookie should be doing. We're basically asking Trevor Lawrence to put the team on his back as a first year starter. That is uncommon. That is unprecedented. That's not really what you ask your young quarterback to do. Typically, in most situations, you want your other guys, your other parts of the team to be able to carry the team while the young rookie gets up to speed. So the defense keeps the score down. The running game keeps the offense within range. The quarterback is asked to make four or five plays a game to eventually win the game. When everyone is celebrating Mac Jones' success, right, everyone is talking about Mac Jones, best rookie we've seen, look at all this, when you dig into the numbers, The majority of his plays are running back screens. He has the second most in the league. Out routes, he has the most in the league. And check down plays. That's what he's doing. He is winning because the design of the offense has made it where he is only throwing safe throws. And that is on a team that doesn't have a lot of exceptional perimeter talent. So some of this falls back on the play call and the play designers to make the game easier for the quarterback make the game easy for the quarterback, and then he can do some of those things that we saw him do at Clemson, and this offense would develop a better rhythm because the driving force of the offense is comfortable in playing better.
0: Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks airs Wednesday at 4.30 on Jaguars.com and Jag's social media. When we return, it's on to the 49ers. Defensive coordinator Joe Cullen on stopping Debo Samuel and George Kittle. Kiana Martin on the Niners' mindset after a Monday night football win. Plus, Urban Meyer's relationship with Nick Bosa and family. All that after this. Jags fans, fill your wallet with one debit card that screams do
4: ball, exclusively from TIAA Bank. The Jacksonville Jaguars Visa debit card comes with a fierce look and fantastic features so you can pay with pride wherever you go. And it's yours free when you open a yield pledge checking account. Up your financial game today. Visit a financial center near you or find us at TIAABank.com Jagscard. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSP, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars.
0: Welcome back to the Jaguars broadcast week in review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. And thanks as always for checking out the official Jags podcast network. It's free on Apple iTunes or Spotify. And all our shows make the podcast network each week. Give us that five-star rating. Now it's on to San Francisco. The 49ers have two of the top weapons in the game wide receiver Debo Samuel and tight end George Kittle. Samuel is second in the league in receiving yards and is a yards after catch machine. Defensive coordinator Joe Cullen on the challenges he creates.
7: Back when when I was here before, you know, Coach Meyer had, you know, Percy. I mean, they were doing it in Minnesota, so he'd be out there in zebra. Next thing you know, he's the tailback. It looks like empty. He comes back in the backfield. They throw tosses, crack flips. So you're in pass defense and now they're they're running the ball and they're, and they're doing the same thing. So and we do some of that. I mean you look at what we've done with our guys. Uh it, it's it's difficult, but I mean you just gotta be ready for it, have your antennas up and, and be able to play the kind of the look that you get.
0: And then there's Kittle, one of the great mismatches in all
7: of football. I know this, you know you can you can get two on him and he still splits uh, they move him around, they put him out at number one, they put him at three, put him in the backfield. We just get a You've got to play tight coverage on him and um, play inside of him, outside of him. He does a really good job at the catch point where he turns around and, and you, you're basically a little bit out of position. He positions well like a basketball player. But the big thing he does, like when he, when he catches the ball, he gets a lot of yards after contact. So you've got to tackle him. You know, you limit the yards after contact because he does as good a job as anybody after he catches the ball.
0: The Jaguars defense is playing better the last couple weeks, but they'll be tested this Sunday. More insight to the 49ers' mindset after a big win on Monday Night Football from Kiana Martin, a 49ers senior reporter for the team website. She joined Ashlyn Sullivan, John Osher, and Brian Sexton on Jags Drive Time Thursday morning.
3: We all watched from our couch Monday Night Football, and I read all about how the Rams were supposed to just absolutely dominate (laughs) the 49ers, and
8: the opposite happened. So tell us about it. Uh, Yeah, I think it took a lot of people by surprise, but not necessarily people... In-house uh, coming into this game, you know, 49ers obviously not sitting where they know that they should be, especially looking at the talent they have on that roster. Um, but going into this game, knowing kind of what's on the line, knowing what this team is capable of, uh, the mindset was much different. Uh, they've if you look at their matchup against the Rams, the 49ers have actually matched up quite well. Uh, over the last couple of years, looking back um, the last two years, having those season sweeps and kind of bringing that on. And I think a lot of people and if you just look at these storylines heading into Monday Night Football, you're looking at this Rams team with all of these new shiny pieces. You've got Matt Stafford under center. You have uh, Vaughn Miller who uh, you got in that trade with the Denver Broncos. You bring in OBJ. So I think absolutely the 49ers were looking like underdogs, but this team knows it doesn't matter who you bring. This team wants to bring their A game, and they have so much to prove, and they were able to do that on primetime.
4: Big picture, Kiana. Uh, how has Jimmy Garoppolo handled the dynamic in the quarterback room? When you, when you take a quarterback in the top five, you generally assume – that one guy's on the way out and the other guy's on his way in eventually. Has that played into the season and the struggles at all? Or has Jimmy handled it like a champ? Give us a 30,000-foot you know, a, a view of how the quarterback room has played out this season.
8: Yeah, absolutely. So obviously, you know, you are the leader of this team. And you hear that essentially this front office has jumped up nine spots. And they are targeting a quarterback. Now, Jimmy said that, one, he was very grateful that the 49ers were very open with him about what was going on. But, of course, he was upset. Uh, And I believe he kind of – there was a chip on his shoulder. And that kind of played into how he showed up to offseason workouts, how he showed up to training camp. Um, Players and head coach uh, Kyle Shanahan alike all said that Jimmy came to, to work a little different it it wasn't the same Jimmy Garoppolo that we've seen in years past so now let's fast forward to season Uh, 49ers have dealt with a little bit of a struggle but Kyle Shanahan said that he is at that moment and at this moment the best quarterback in the building for the job and gives the 49ers the best chance to win I know a lot of fans have been calling to see Trey Lance but I think we kind of got to take a step back and remember that this guy has only played a handful of games in college. Uh, I, I feel like this is going to be more of a process. Uh, we're going to have to have a little bit of patience before we see Trey Lance kind of take over the entire offense, but uh, he might be waiting a little longer because of the way Jimmy Garoppolo has been playing over these last three games. Um, he's been playing clean football, decisive football. The 49ers have their offense has found a way to get clicking uh, and, and, Jimmy Garoppolo has really been kind of taking the steps that this team necessarily needed, uh, especially as they're looking into the second half of the season and trying to make that, I don't like saying the word, but that playoff push. I know we're still, it's a lot of football to be played. But if Jimmy Garoppolo continues to play at the level that he is right now, it might be a while until we see Trey Lance fully taking charge of uh, the offense.
5: Where's this team's confident level right now? They're four and five. Uh, but they've got to feel like if they win this week, they're back in it. Um, is that how they're approaching it? And uh, do you see this as a team that can make that kind of push?
8: That's it, kind of exactly what's going on. Um, I actually spoke with a couple of guys yesterday, and that win against the Rams was such a momentum builder. And now it's just how do you take that and how do you carry that along the rest of the season? Monday night was probably the most complete game that we saw the 49ers play this entire season. It's been a little lopsided in other times of the season. And maybe at one point, especially a couple of weeks ago, against the Chicago Bears, the defense was uh, struggling a little bit. Offense finally caught its wind in the second half of the game. But going into Monday night, Monday night, if they can continue what we saw on the field there and continue that throughout the season, I feel like this team – has the opportunity to take it to that next level. Uh, If you look at the NFC picture right now, uh, you have your teams that are sitting at the top. And you know who are going to be those teams that you're going to see play January football. But beyond that, some teams are starting to slide. Some teams are starting to move up. So there's a lot of opportunity for this 49ers team. But honestly, their fate is realistically in their own hands they know what lies ahead and they'll have to be the ones that essentially keep them in that mix uh, as we finish off the second half of the season.
0: Jags Drive Time airs Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 10 o'clock on Jaguars.com and the Jags social media channels. Let's wrap this week with the Urban Meyer show from Tuesday afternoon and our first look at the 49ers with the head coach. Meyer, Jeff Lagerman, and I reacted to the big Monday night win for San Francisco and got the head coach's memories of Nick Bosa, the 49ers defensive end who played for Meyer at Ohio State. The Jaguars welcome in the San Francisco 49ers in week 11, it's a 1 o'clock kickoff time, 10 a.m. Pacific, we'll take that, that's good news for the body clock, short week for San Francisco, but coach, it's a team, I don't know if you watched it all last night, but they just hammered the Los Angeles Rams and held them to their lowest point total and yardage total of the season on defense. This is a team that might feel like they're back in it.
1: Yeah, they've uh, played great. You know, I didn't want to say I didn't expect it, but uh, uh, boy, they were all over them. And that started with an 18 play. I want to say 18 play drive. And uh, at one point on the 12 first downs, 12 straight first downs, they ran the ball and they ran it hard. And 19 is one of the best players in the NFL. And I, I've respected him. I've watched him. Uh, and then I, you know, I actually made a cut up today of what they how, how they used him and him and 85 are, you know, they're. Or the reason that's who they are. They're as good of players as they're at their position in the National Football League.
9: Yeah, two guys that would fall into that category of being elite players. And when you got an elite player, you got to find creative ways to get them the ball. And in the way that Kyle Shanahan, as you talked about, Debo Samuel, lining up in the backfield as a running back, he lined up as a wide receiver. I mean, they, And when you got a great player like that, they try to hide him, But, uh, that's something that your defense is going to have to figure out exactly where he is at and identify where he is at and know what he's going to be doing.
1: Yeah, it, it, the offense is triggered around uh, 85 and, and 19. They have also a good back. I, I understand he's like a fifth rounder, but he's four, three speed. He's fast, only about 200, 205 pounds. But it, make no mistake about it, they do an excellent job of moving people around in motions and motions and running the ball. But they also, you know, the ball, uh, Garoppolo does not hold the ball very long. He gets it out quickly, and uh, but number 19 has got a lot of respect for him as a player.
9: Yeah, Elijah Mitchell, the running back you're talking about, a six-round pick, and they've got a stable of running backs, and they like to run the football. And one of the things that I've seen in the past with them is when they get running the football, and they didn't do a ton of it against the Rams, but once they start running the football, they love play action. That's Kyle Shanahan's game.
1: Yeah, it's a, well, it's a combination. Everybody wants to do that. You know, that's the game of football you you run the ball well, and we're playing our best. Is That's exactly what we are. Run the ball well, and, and it's also you don't get to let people just pin their ears back and come rush a quarterback when a hard play action run. Because the defense alignment, as a fan and as a – everybody just remember, you can control what the defense does. If it's run action, they're going to play the run. If it's drop back pass, you show a high hat, high hands. You know, you're facing with the Nick Boses and, and number 91, and, and uh, that's something you have to be very cautious with in, in this league.
9: Yeah, and, and offensively, the, the other guy that I would put in the category is kind of unique in that they use him in different way. Kyle Juszczyk, the fullback slash tight wow. end that they yeah. have. Uh, look, not many teams in the National Football League have a true fullback on their roster, and I don't know if I'd call him a true fullback no. or not. i just call him a good football player.
1: Yeah, they flex him out. on a big had a big third down completion like on an option route or drag route, and uh, he's, he's a finisher and block, so they've done a nice job putting that uh, team together.
0: Head Coach Urban Meyer with us on the Urban Meyer Show. You'll look across the other side and see Nick Bosa. What is your first thought when you see uh, somebody wearing the name Bosa on the back?
1: Well, I, uh, I, I'm i very close with the family. Obviously, you got the coach of the two brothers, Joey and Nick. Uh, his father was a first-round draft pick. His mom was a graduate of Ohio State, and I'm very close with Nick. You know, I just I love the guy. He's a you know, talk about we talk about plus two. He is a plus two animal. He's a guy that uh, you know he's got extremely powerful uh, force behind his pass rush, but he also has great speed. So, and his sidekick right there, ninety one next to him, is uh, this problem.
9: Yeah, you look at uh, Nick Bosa and Joey Bosa, and, and both of them have just a tremendous lower body strength. The way that they play the game and I'm sitting there watching these guys come out of Ohio State every year. You got the Bosa's, Chase Young. Did, did you recruit all these guys?
1: Recruited uh, those names, yeah. And, uh, Sam Hubbard and Taequann Lewis and, you know, a lot of bunch of uh, good ones in there.
0: Jeez, did you, you leave some...
9: anybody for anybody <laughs> else? I mean, holy cow, talking about uh, owning the corner of the market on defensive ends.
1: Yeah. yeah, I heard Chase Young an ACL, too, and yeah, he's a he great guy. And uh, But uh, we got to focus on Bosa. We got to know exactly where he's at it all the time. They – they make it a little more difficult because they play him on the right side and left side now. I think predominantly he was a left side guy, so you knew who he was. Now they move him around, and that'll be challenging for us. I'm glad we're home.
0: The Urban Meyer Show airs Tuesday at 5 o'clock on the Jaguars Radio Network. Coming up Sunday, it's the Public's Tailgate Show at 10 o'clock on 1010XL Radio in Jacksonville and the Jaguars social channels. Then at noon, countdown to kickoff on the Jaguars Radio Network. We'll hear from Pete Prisco, the guys in the booth, Fred Taylor, and we have the final word before kickoff each week with head coach Urban Meyer. After the game, stick around for Jaguars postgame. Fred Taylor joins us. And then later, the scoreboard show. We'll take your calls with Bucky Brooks. Have a great weekend, enjoy the game Sunday, and thanks for listening. I'm J.P. Shadrick. We'll catch you next week on the Jaguars broadcast week in review podcast presented
2: by TIAA Bank.